Week 10, we made it. The Mush, Corey Gibson, Adam Gorney, John Garcia Jr. We are back. Uh, apologies to last week. We did terrible. Uh, three and seven, four and six. Actually, John, John did well. I mean, I'll get I'll, John was almost almost got to 500, but he's chipping away at the overalls. What do I got here, John? I got you at 43 and 56, and Gorney and I are still for some reason tied at 47 and 52. So yeah. we're making our way down. We're doing our thing. Not a lot of luck. It was a humble week, as we would say. But let's get it going. Notre Dame going to Clemson. Clemson gets three points. Yeah, so um, starting off with a bang here. I, I actually am very interested in this game just to see how Clemson responds. Um, you know, I'm sure Tyler from Spartanburg is also very interested in, in how Clemson is going to respond here. His girlfriend put Tyler in his place, said, you know, he should keep his mouth shut. And, you know, you just can't have those kind of things. In terms of the numbers, Notre Dame's been great on the road. 18 and four straight up last 22 games, 13 and three last 16 games. Clemson, though, 15 and three straight up last 18 games at home. There's a sharp bet on Clemson. The line started actually minus four and has gone to plus three, even though um, there's been a flip situation here. So the money and the sharp bet is on Clemson. I'm going to take this as a situation of it can't get worse for Clemson, so it's going to get better. Everyone hates Clemson, and everybody thinks Notre Dame can go in there and throttle them. I just don't see it happening. I'm going to take Clemson at home plus the points. Yeah, I don't know if, if I see Notre Dame coming in there and beating them up really well, but going in there and getting a win – on a noon kickoff, I think seems really possible for Notre Dame. Look, they're going to be able to slow down the, the Shipley, Phil Maffa battery. Uh, so it's going to come down to Kate Klubnik versus Sam Hartman. And, and both of those guys have a lot of talent. I'll probably just roll with the guy who has the most experience. And that's obviously Sam in this case. Neither receiver core is setting the world on fire and both defenses are good. So I'd probably take the under more comfortably than any point situation with the spread. But I'll take Notre Dame. I just think they're the better team this year. Yeah, I'm going to go Notre Dame as well. I rode them all the way to this record, and I went against them at USC, and I paid for it. They were mad, and they, I paid for it, and I'm going to stick with Notre Dame. Sam, the veteran, even though he shaved the beard and all the ladies are pissed, but we will I'll still take him with the uh, with the three, uh, three points. So, Ohio State going to Rutgers. Big line here, 18 and a half. Yeah, this looked like a uh... – a guaranteed Ohio State bet in years past when they had an offense that could score at will. But that has not been the case recently. I think we saw it last weekend at Wisconsin. But Wisconsin is definitely still different than Rutgers. Um, I, I don't love the line here, but, you know, Ohio State might be in a little bit of trouble. I thought it was kind of ridiculous to have them one in the country <clears throat> with, with the way that they've been playing on offense. Um you know, I, I, you know, I just don't see it. But in this situation, I think Rutgers gets overwhelmed. Rutgers has been playing better, um, but Ohio State has too many horses. Even though 71% of the bets are on Ohio State and the line is kind of marginally dropped here, um, I'm still going to take the Buckeyes because this could be a 42-10 kind of situation as well. Yep, I'll, I'll co-sign, retweet, all of that. I just think that the Rutgers offense won't be able to move the ball very well against this uh, this defense at Ohio State. And, 
yeah, at some point, you know, they're getting healthier. Can they can they get to 35 comfortably? It seems like, like you said, Adam, that hasn't been a guarantee compared to years past. So maybe this begins that that trend a little bit for OSU. I'll take the Buckeyes as well. Yep, I will take Ohio State. Even though I kind of joked that the line was big, I actually I was hoping the line would be bigger so I could take Rutgers at home, but it's it's just not. It's not scary enough, even though I agree with you, Gorney. Like that offense, I'm actually surprised they're number one. And and uh, I've never been the biggest fan of like Ohio State this year. They're a good football team, but 18 and a half is not scary. So give me well, the guys. What I don't understand about that ranking is that Georgia has won two back two national championships in a row. They are undefeated this season, and Ohio State has not looked great and on offense. And they escape at Notre Dame. You know, Penn State had the ball to tie it up late, and they're still number one. So, yeah, I, I just don't get it. And Carson Beck's been a lot better for Georgia. Yeah, yeah, I did. So he's starting to light it up a little bit. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Mm. All right, we move on. Uh, Texas A and M going to number ten, Ole Miss, and Ole Miss is favorite three points. Yeah, this is a sneaky good game. Probably one I'm going to watch just to see. You know, Lane and uh, and Jimbo go at it a little bit. What I love in this game is the under. Every trend is going to the under, and you think it would be opposite, but I do think Texas A&M's defense is going to come to play against an, a very talented Ole Miss offense, and I just don't think Max Johnson and that offense can really move the ball um, against anybody. So under in seven of the eight, seven of the eight previous matchups that the under has hit. Uh, Five of the six last times I am stumbling through this, but uh, that AM has gone to Ole Miss. It's been under. And seven of the last eight times that Texas AM has played a football game, it's been under. So I like the under here. I think um, that that kind of lends toward Texas AM. There's a sharp bet on them. It's a flip situation where the public loves Ole Miss here, but the money, uh, some big money is flowing in on the Aggies. I love the under. If I had to make a bet on which side I'd take, I would take the Aggies plus three, but I don't love it. Yeah, this is a close one, no doubt. Um, obviously, the the coaching antics will, will be a story in and of itself. Uh, but look, you know, Ole Miss has, has been really good at home. You know, I've, I think I've bet against them two or three times at home already this year, and I probably lost all of those. So I'm just going to go against that one more time and I'll say, hey, Ole Miss at home, much better than I've anticipated all year. Give them the benefit of the doubt. Jackson Dart as a passer gets it done and three points isn't too much to ask. John, you're learning the home the home team theory right there. I love to yep. hear it. And you know my pick. I'm going home. Ole Miss. And it's just and the line's not very scary to me at three. I know Texas A&M's a sneaky good football team, but number 10 in the country should not be having lines that close unless you're playing in Arizona. Um but that's my favorite line every week now. But anyways, um, yeah, give me Ole Miss. Okay, uh, Kansas State going to Texas four. Four points. Yeah, yeah. Interesting game here because Kansas State might be sneaky really good. Um, ha has had some uh, blow-ups this season that probably shouldn't have happened. Looked really good last weekend against a Houston team who we'll talk about later um, in my lock of the week. And in a game that the bets, the you know the the number of bets are basically split in half. This line has dropped from nine and a half to four and a half. So someone, someone pretty sharp has come in here on on Kansas State and laid a lot of money. 
If Quinn Ewers was playing, I would not be surprised if this line stayed at nine and a half. At four, I think this was a perfect middle situation to get it early at, you know, at nine and a half and then in at the four because you have special numbers in there, six and seven um, that are perfect. I'm going to take Kansas State here, and I might regret this very much um, later on if Malik Murphy can deliver. But Kansas State's just one of those teams that kind of grinds and drags and will be well prepared for a quarterback without a lot of experience. Um, and Kansas State is five and one in their last uh, four and one in their last five games against the spread. So don't love it, but I'm going to take Kansas State here. Yeah, this this could be a, a similar game to that Texas A&M will miss one. I think the under is the more comfortable play. I think both teams will try to run the ball and play good defense. I've talked about Texas being underwhelming at home a little bit. I think Murphy probably played better than I expected last week, considering BYU was my lock of the week. So I'm not going to get burned by Texas twice. I'll take Texas at home. That line has dropped, and that has made me more comfortable with this pick. But no doubt, Kansas State is like the best team that nobody talks about. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, this was a toss-up game for me. I was actually going to ask you guys, is is Avery Johnson, like, is he kind of the full-time guy? They I haven't really got to watch too much Kansas State this year, but I loved yeah, him at League 11 last year. I was yeah, like, he's he's been kind of uh, in and out, but they've been using him more. So yeah. because because he's such an athlete, they use him in certain places that, well, when I've seen. Um, but, uh, but I would not be surprised to see him more this weekend if uh, – if they, you know, if they spread it out, if they want to run, if they want to get the numbers right, um, I think he can play more. Will Howard just throws too many interceptions. That's what that's what drives me crazy about him. So, um, you know, I, I think that they're going to use the two. We'll see, and then uh, kind of go from there. But they can run the ball. I mean, both quarterbacks run really well. Giddens is a very good runner. So I think Texas is going to have their handful stopping the run, and then when they when they don't run, they could kind of chunk it down the field a little bit yeah i'll take i'll take kansas state here i mean I, I, the line will the line's okay and i do like avery i like what they do with the offense texas uh i'm kind of with you john no matter what i do they're part of my hit list of like i can't pick them so i'll just stick with my gut i guess we'll just figure it out next week uh okay uh number nine oklahoma is going to oklahoma state and do i have that right just uh oklahoma state the favorite i don't think that's right nope oklahoma minus six oklahoma. okay that's yeah. what i thought all right yeah see. yeah bedlam the last bedlam i think i think this will be the last one maybe forever maybe for a very long time that's sad um it's always a fun series um but it has been dominated by oklahoma and that's the way i'm going again oklahoma state's 18 and four in their last 22 games at home they are playing much better much much better than they had earlier in the season when it looked really sort of like the, Mike Gundy was losing control a little bit, um, they looked terrible against South Alabama. They lost to Iowa State. Uh, but since then, uh, since that bye week, you know, whether it was giving Ollie Gordon the ball more coming out of the backfield, and he has been phenomenal, um, <clears throat> or just adjustments that they've made. Mike Gundy's a smart coach. Just ask him. Uh, they beat Kansas State. They beat Kansas. They beat West Virginia. They blew out Cincinnati last weekend in a bet that I really wanted to make and I didn't make and I'm mad at myself for it. Um, and this is the perfect situation. Oklahoma blows it at Kansas last week, looked horrible in that game. 
didn't look very good the week before against UCF. Um, and so I think this is the bounce back time. This is going to be a close game, hard fought. Both teams are, um, you know, very talented. Oklahoma state is playing better at the moment. Um, but I'm going to side with Oklahoma here just because of history. Gordon, you got a forecast for me Saturday for this one? Yeah, let me let me call up. Uh, <laughs> yeah, look, like you said, Oklahoma State is playing a lot better. Ollie Gordon is the best player that people don't know about. Uh, he's got a thousand yards seemingly in the last few weeks. And look, Kansas was able to run the ball very well on an improved OU defense last week. So it does create a little bit of pause for me. But like Gordon said, this is goes back to the rivalry. You're going to get the residual OU bounce back effort in this one as well. And I believe it's not snowing. So all of those factors lead me to believe Oklahoma can cover uh, this, this six-point margin. Gorney, can you confirm? Yes. No snow. It will be 75 um, and with a, a mild breeze of 11 miles an hour. So uh, at kickoff, which will be 1230 Pacific, 230 local, it will be 73 with no clouds in the sky. Perfect football weather in oh, yeah. November. Yeah, boomer sooner that pick for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll agree with you guys. I'm going Oklahoma. That, that's a good football team. And after week one, when they proved us all wrong, I, I can't go against them now. So, all right, Missouri is going to Georgia. Georgia only two points. No, 14 and a half points. Wait, where are my lines? I'm getting today. I'm off. Are, I got, actually, I got 15 and a half. I'm sorry. Right. Are we playing 14 and a half or 15 and a half? On the Yahoo Sports app, it says 15 and a half. All right. I don't care. We'll, we'll go 15 and a half. I don't care. I'm taking Georgia. Missouri has had a nice season. Missouri is playing very good football. Missouri gets Williams and Warney, loses out on Ryan Wingo. They blew out South Carolina the last game. They looked great at Kentucky two weeks ago, but we now know Kentucky is a fraudulent football team. <clears throat> Their only loss this season is to LSU by 10. And that wasn't even uh, that, that much of a distance because they, because LSU had a pick six or a fumble recovery for a touchdown yeah. to cover that spread. But this is Georgia at Georgia, this early CBS game before LSU, Alabama and Georgia throttles in this game. They always have, and they always will. Uh, Missouri's offense has never seen something like this defense that they're going to see on Saturday. I feel this is 31 10. I'm taking Georgia. Yeah, this spread would have had to get up to the 20s to, to make me sweat a little bit. Uh, like we said earlier, Carson Beck is quietly lighting it up, even without Brock Bowers last week. Um, really like what that offense has become. And obviously that defense is still, you know, the premier program uh, in the country. So I like what Missouri's story has been. That offense is going to throw the ball well enough to maybe hang around for two or three quarters. But Georgia will will hammer that defense um, with its running game and then Carson Beck off of that. So, yeah, comfortable with Georgia, especially at home. Missouri feels different on the road this season. So I'll take the dogs. Yep, I'm going the dog as well. Sticking with my rules. You guys have said all the right points, but. My rules are my rules. I'm going Kirby, and we move on. All right, Purdue is going to Michigan. Big line, 32 and a half. Yeah, yeah. I don't know how much tape Michigan has of Purdue. I mean, probably a whole lot, you know, like uh, just a tremendous amount. And 
you know, Jesse Minter, Michigan's defensive coordinator, is probably the smartest football coach in the country. I mean, he knows the play even before it's going to happen. It's just incredible how good they are, how prepared they are is just incredible. Now, I don't know if the Stallions creep was on the sidelines of any Purdue games with some weird glasses on with a light. You know, I I just don't know what's going on here. Um, But Michigan is going to come to play in this game. I guarantee it. Now, Jim Harbaugh said this week he has a one-track mind. So for a guy who is going to, you know, potentially be in the hottest water that the NCAA can provide him um, and is maybe looking for an offshoot to the NFL, you know, one track mind for a guy who a multimillionaire does one of the smartest people in the game, someone who has his staff just so prepared watching so much tape. There's incredible amount of tape coming out of Ann Arbor these days. I'm going to take the Wolverines. Purdue is a bad football team. They're one in four the last five times they've played Michigan. They're one in five in their last six games. They just don't have any firepower. And Michigan, for some odd reason, is circling the wagons here um, and and is not hiding with with what is becoming so incredibly obvious. Um, So I'm going to take Michigan here. They probably win 42-0, but I would not be surprised uh, if Harbaugh tries to run this up a little bit and shove it up people's butts here um but what the news coming out of michigan is is really about integrity of the game stuff now um it is ridiculous uh jim McElwain doesn't even know who's on his sidelines there's a guy in central michigan gear with sunglasses on with a light on them i mean it's just absolutely the the big the big 10 coaches are on a call yesterday going when it when is something going to happen to this to this program? I mean, why even play? If I was Purdue, I wouldn't even show up. It's so ridiculous. Um, but even then, uh, I, I will take Michigan in this game. Yeah, look, Michigan. Despite every week a new layer of of this onion being you know peeled back, just continues to dominate as maybe the best team in the country for many many reasons. Look, that defense is legitimate. Yes, they haven't played anybody, but that offense is really good as well. I'm with Gorney on this one. The number couldn't be high enough, uh, especially at home in Ann Arbor. We we won't find out much about Michigan until the weather gets a little bit colder. So I'll take Michigan until we get to that point. Yeah, like I don't know if you guys heard. I'm ready for the movie to come out in like 10 years, show our kids (laughs) the stallion TV, like a 30 for 30 or something. It's going to be electric, you know, Jack Ryan style, you know. Like, I, I just I can't wait. Everything about this is just seems so made up. I love it. I, I just I love it. And I, like I said, I'll, I'll go Michigan. Purdue looked so bad last week and they broke my heart against Nebraska. And they just they're not going to especially going to the big house and the fans will be behind everyone. That'll be an easy line to cover. Okay, the Moshe's kryptonite here, our most hated team, USC. But Washington is going to USC and SC sadly gets points. I don't know what to do. Should we just call it a, a bye week for us? I don't know. I don't know how we should play What this. is the over under in this game? I I, I am wondering. I, I have Oh my gosh. I have 76 and a half. Wow. Okay. So <laughs> is it a 7 on 7 game? No defense. This sounds absurd <laughs> considering that Cal scored 49 last weekend. So the over under in that game to hit the over would have been 100 points. So but <laughs> The under the last two teams times the the last five times these two teams have played have it's gone under, which is just incredible to think. 
And if you look at 76 and a half, I think I could be wrong, but I think the analytics say that there will be only two punts in the entire game. If you, if you get two punts, you'll get the under. If every other possession is a touchdown, it'll be the over. So I'm, I like the under here, which is incredible. Um, but I, uh, I'm going to take Washington. I just have to, I mean, if Cal can score 49, USC can score basically at will, but Washington is at least the semblance of a very good football team. Uh, there is a sharp bet on USC here. I just don't get it. I just don't see it. It is a potential flip situation too, because the public likes Washington a lot. I don't care about, you know, the home field advantage. I don't think it's gonna be that big of a deal. I think Washington is the better football team. They have the better defense. They honestly might have equal or better of an offense. Um, I don't know. I like the under the most, which sounds just insane even thinking about it, but I'm going to take Washington here. Yeah, I'm, I'm obviously over USC. They've no team has screwed me more in the picks this year than, than the good old men of Troy. So look, uh, three points I, I thought was actually generous. I thought the line would be a little bit stronger towards Washington. I thought it'd be six or seven. So three certainly doesn't scare me. I do see a competitive game here breaking out between two great offenses. It's just, I don't see the USC defense making that one play that you need to make if it does become a shootout. So by, by the benefit of the doubt, I'll, I'll go with Washington and not even think twice about it. Yeah, John, you actually said it like, I thought the line was going to be – did SC just, like, give up? I mean, last week was just, like, I, I didn't watch the game, but every time I checked the score, it's like, are they not playing? I mean, is it real? Like, I, I, what is yeah. going on? Like, I don't know. quarterback for Cal, too. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fernando Mendoza, as I write tomorrow, <laughs> is not Tom Brady. And he threw two touchdowns, rushed for two others, and after the first quarter, Jaden Knott, who's very talented, but come on, was on pace for 800 yards rushing and, like, 12 touchdowns. So great. I just don't get it. Lincoln just obviously doesn't care about defense and uh, is not serious about it. So he's going to try to outscore people. That's why I'm so hesitant on even considering this under. Um, but Washington might not try to get into a shootout with him. It'll be interesting to see how Washington tries to play this. Um, it, I, I, I would probably just stay away. But if I have to make a pick, I'll take the Huskies. Yeah, but anyway, I'm going to go Washington. I mean, obviously, with the personal record, you have to take them. I always said all year Penix is going for it, and now that he gets to play, Caleb Williams, you know he's going to try to put up some stupid numbers, and they're going to run it. So, yeah, Washington, I can't wait for that score. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> all right, LSU is going to Alabama. Alabama for three. Yeah, game of the week here. Very, very interesting line. Very interesting game. This is a payback situation for Alabama, which – which I love uh, for Saban. Um, just, just one of those games that I want to watch and not have to bet. Um, LSU likes to score points. They're five and five for five over on the road. Five for five over in their last five games. But the number that just keeps coming back to me is Alabama is twenty three and two in their last twenty five games at home. So if I'm going to lose this bet, uh, it's either by two points because they're minus three or they're bucking a massive trend of 23 and two at home. What scares me is that 70% of the bets is on are on Bama and the line has dropped from seven to three. 
So Vegas is baiting you into an LSU or into an Alabama bet here, but I'm going to take the bait. I'm taking Bam at home, minus three. Jaden Daniels might just go off, go off and win the Heisman. Who knows? But I'm going to I'm going to make him do it on the road. So I'm going to take Bama. Yeah, this would certainly be the showcase game for Jaden, but he did it last year uh, at LSU. But it just feels different. Um, I, I think all the things you mentioned, the, the trends, Bama at home, revenge game, Saban, LSU. I mean, all of this screams Bama will figure out somehow a, a way to to win by more than three points here. So the more I talk about it, I'm just going to go with go against all of the analytics and go against all of the X's and O's and say, even though LSU's offense can score at will, Bama's secondary hasn't really been elite this year. Bama's offense is still kind of a question mark. All of those things tell me to say, take LSU or, or maybe sneak into an Alabama pick, throw all that out the window. The human is back and we're going to go Alabama at home, minus three, lock of the week. Saban's not going to lose to Brian Kelly two years in a row, especially back at home. So, yeah, roll tide big in this one. Maybe double digits in, in this game. Mm. Dang, you heard it first, lock of the week. I Actually, John, I have to admit, I was going to make a joke saying, all right, John, tell me why I should pick LSU because it just seems like you're always on the LSU. And, always, and, you, always, exactly. and you always prove to us why LSU and you're always right about it. But I'm happy that, like you said, I'm happy that you're finally listening to the hometown and, and to Corey's rules. And that's why we go Alabama. And, you know, Gornia says all the fancy stuff, but the, but the, the listeners know. The listeners know you stick with the Corey rules, the Joe rules, and you always go with Saban, especially at home. But I, I'm just more shocked, John. I'm just more wrote down LSU before we even started talking. We, we got to learn from our mistakes, right? When I was in exactly, like a 25-game you know. bowl, and that's part of the reason why. <laughs> yeah. Right? Oh, exactly. All right. Miami is going to NC State. Five and a half. Yes, another very interesting game here. Uh, one that I actually might watch if if nothing else is on, um, just to see how NC State bounces back, how Miami plays on the road. Uh, I don't know if any asses will be kissed, uh, like like Dave Doran told Steve Smith to kiss his last week. Um, but Miami has not played really well the last two weeks, even though they have two wins. Uh, they could be four and four right now. Uh, they, they had to go to overtime against Clemson, which is not a shame at all, but, but that was not necessary. And then Virginia just played really, really well against them. And Miami played very poorly. Uh, NC state is coming off a very good win. Miami is coming off two very close wins. They go on the road. I'm taking Miami here minus five and a half. Uh, I just think they have more talent. Yeah, I have no idea what we're getting out of Miami. Like you said, Gorney, it's been, I mean, yeah. you can't even quantify. They beat Clemson with a true freshman QB, and then the longtime QB comes back at home against Virginia, struggle win and a half. So it, it's it's been funky uh, with the U. That defense is really good. They can stop the run, so I think MJ Morris is going to have to throw it a little bit uh, for NC State, but I like the Wolfpack defense as well they should have beat louisville about a month ago and they've sort of turned the corner since dumping brennan armstrong so um it's going to come down to mj morris maybe you know one drive to win it kind of deal and i'll give them the benefit of the doubt at home as well let's play the Corey rules uh, more so though because i don't trust miami yeah uh miami honestly terrifies me on the road i have no idea 
team in this game, and uh, I just I, the coach hyped me up last week. I'm gonna be I'm I'm going with the coach. I'm high, he's, he got me hyped. You know that is, we're we are not a basketball school, and that's why I'll take NC State. Um, probably one of the greatest lines so far this season, though. Just like yeah, they're but they're really not a basketball the ESPN school. They're not really a football yeah. school either. I mean, what no. Right. They've had a good baseball program the past couple of years, but I didn't want to be the one to tweet that out at them. They're a baseball school, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, they had a lot of draft picks. <laughs> All right. Uh, Oregon State is going to Colorado 13 and a half. Yeah, Colorado is banged up bad. I mean, that's, that's how I just sort of look at this game. I mean, Oregon State is really well coached, and Colorado is banged up. I mean, Shador is getting injections after UCLA just completely brutalized them last weekend in that backdoor cover, which we will not talk about because it was very uh, frustrating in the Gorney house Saturday night when that happened. Um, but I think Oregon state might roll here. I, I just, Colorado has no offensive line. Dion admitted it. They can't run the ball at all. They're incredibly one dimensional. And now their quarterback is all juiced up because he's getting smashed every play. Plus, Oregon State, let's not forget, is a pretty damn good football team here. So I'm going to take Oregon State. All the trends and lines are, are looking favorable. Uh, if there's anything that sticks out to me, the over has hit a lot in this matchup. But again, that's against the Colorado team that hardly was <clears throat> FBS level. So as I die here, Jesus, <clears throat> excuse me. I'm going to take Oregon State, and John, you can talk while I get resuscitated. I got you. I got you. You know, Gorney, Gorney tells us, don't go against the Beavers here. Um, look, Oregon State's been really good. Colorado, it's just, yeah, it's a war of attrition, and and this overhauled, portal-driven roster looks completed. You know, they're there, but are they really there? Uh, I'm just not sure um, how they can get through 60 minutes against a physical team that's going to run the football and, and play off of that. So <laughs> – Colorado's defense will play about 70 snaps uh, in this game, and I think Oregon can, Oregon State can control it all the way through. This this is an easy cover for DJU and the crew. Yeah, normally, because we've been always talking about my rules, I always say Colorado at home. But, you know, I didn't like the comments that Dion made about, like, what's new, the, like the O-line. Or, or He made some comments. It's like, if I was an O-lineman, I would – I don't know if I would um, – bounce back super fast from like those kind of comments. And I think the team, I don't know. I mean, it, it has real, real eerie feeling. And like, you know, they're like Shadur and Travis are now at basketball games. You know, they're saying hi to LeBron. I just, I, I think they're almost kind of getting checked out. They had the hype at the beginning of the year. Now it's towards the end. Just get me to the draft or figure out what's next in life yeah. or whatever. But I, I don't know. Just Colorado got some weird feelings about them. Yeah. I, I think that's a great point. And I think, to dovetail off that point, what Dion did is risky. You go and you change your entire roster with guys who can come in for one or two and then go to the NFL. Feels very much what happened to Calipari at Kentucky in basketball. When your entire roster is one and done, guys, they don't give a crap about the Kentucky season. They're just trying to look as good as they can for the NBA. And, this, and something similar might be happening. We'll see if they bounce back. But like you said, Travis Hunter's you know, at Denver Nuggets games and Shador's banged up and he's sitting there saying his offensive line sucks and he's going to go out and get new ones. Okay, fine. But uh, Oregon State rolls, I think. Yep, I agree. Um, all right, we made it. Um, final pick of the week. 
UCLA going to Arizona. They do it again, baby. Three every week. They just they keep that line close, and they know how to do it. Our boy, uh, our boy Noah. Every week, Gorney, we say it. Mm-hmm. Don't go against the dog. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is pretty incredible that you know we we. I'm not going to say we knew that he was going to do this so fast, but we knew he was a, a big time player, a playmaker. He's incredibly comfortable with T Mac. They're high school teammates. Um, and what, what he's been doing has been very impressive. <clears throat> the under, the trend in this game is the under. Um, and I can buy that because, you know, f- 51 against Oregon State last weekend uh, would have been the under. And now, <clears throat> you know, UCLA is an interesting school. I'm going to take Arizona here and then, then I'll explain why they have a five-star quarterback that they essentially benched, I think for Ethan Garbers, who then they moved to the, to the bench for somebody else. They don't know what they're doing on offense and they want to admit it or not. They, they just don't. So in the desert at night, again, I think we see a, a complete replay of last week against Oregon state. Arizona is, is very good there. The crowd can kind of get into it there. I don't know if UCLA can figure it out on offense. I actually, I'm, I'm, I'm sort of not surprised. I'm, I'm sort of surprised that this number is an Arizona minus three. So I'm going to take Arizona plus the points, um, and then just live with my decision if UCLA comes in and plays really, really well. Yeah, look, uh, strength versus strength, right? UCLA's defense, Arizona's offense. Honestly, I was like, if this is a late kick Pac-12 after dark scenario, I'm going Wildcats. If it is a, you know, ABC noon, 3.30 Eastern kind of game, probably go UCLA and and go with the convention. The later the kick, the more we're pushing toward Arizona and they're at home and it's a 10.30 Eastern kick for me. So I will fall asleep rooting for the Wildcats. (laughs) Yeah, I got to go. Arizona here as well. I mean, the funny part is like I think they've actually won some of those games. Like we always hype them up, but they just cover. That's all they do for us is they cover. I mean, Noah finds a way to keep it close or whatever. But it's uh, I agree, Gordon, with you. Like I don't know what's going on at UCLA. Like, I, I saw them personally. It's a boring, it's a boring team. You know, like I think last week they did that cool T wishbone <laughs> thing that got the internet all hyped because you know Chip Kelly's got something up his sleeve. But I don't know. I just uh, Arizona's a fun team. They're playing. Um, they're playing well. Everyone's, you can just tell like the, the team's all behind Noah and, um, and it's at home, which I love. So, um, also I think I put the wrong, the wrong line. Is it, is it UCLA favored? Yeah, it's actually Arizona gets the points. I am a mess today. Jesus. All right. So that's it. We go locks of the week. John, you said Bama. You're going to take that Gorney. What you got? Pay me. Tell me a story. Yeah, yeah. Let me paint a picture here for you in the <laughs> Baylor Houston game. <laughs> okay. Uh, not not exactly a thriller here, but um, Baylor. Dave Aranda is known as a defensive coach, but his he has not shown up recently. Uh, Iowa State's Iowa State, not exactly an offensive juggernaut, scored thirty against them last week. Cincinnati, a bad offense with Emory Jones, bad bad offense, wins thirty two points. The Texas Tech, not exactly a phenomenal offense, 39 points. They needed a miracle to come back against UCF. Uh, six, They scored six points against Texas. Uh, they lost to Texas State. So that's, that's where we're s- sitting with Baylor. And Houston is not much better. But here's, here's the scenario. Baylor can't run the ball. 
but Houston can throw it. And uh, Houston will win this game because um, what concerns me is that Baylor uh, can't run it, but Houston gives up big yardage on the ground. And the trend in this game is toward Baylor. But Baylor can't throw it at all. Uh, can't They can throw it, but they can't get it in the end zone. And they can stop the pass, but they can't stop passing touchdowns. There's a 12 to 7 disparity between opponents and them. They've only scored seven passing touchdowns all year. Houston with Dana Holgerson will score points in this game. I'm not sure Baylor will be able uh, uh, Baylor will be able to move the ball. I'm taking Houston, and it's a big flip situation. And I've been great on lock of the weeks. So my other lock of the week: Air Force Army under always. Service Academy unders. So those are the two lock of the weeks. Bet them both. I was going to say, that's my lock right there. I mean, it's not the under, but I'm joining the Air Force hype train. I mean, Army, I think, if I looked right, has scored 14 points in three games. Yeah. So at 18 and a half, that at home, like you said, it's going to be under, but Air Force looks really good right now. And uh, I like a team that always likes to cover Texas State. I don't even know why I took them last week. Just did horrible for me, but I'm going to join the Air Force hype train. Give me Air Force at home um, against Army. So, Yeah, the, the Air Force Army under is th- it's 31 and a half and Air Force is minus 18 and a half. So <laughs> Vegas is not putting a lot of trust into that Army offense. No, no way. Um, but Air Force is still running the triple option. Like, I think. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and is Army Army went away? I, I get confused. Is yeah, Army they still away run it sometimes, but they they're trying to throw the ball a little bit more, but it's not working. So essentially, it's still a service academy game where there'll be a lot of running. And thirty-one and a half doesn't scare me. Thirty-one and a half isn't even the lowest total of the week. It's uh, Northwestern Iowa. I think is twenty. Last I saw, it was twenty-nine and a half, which is just embarrassing. I mean, just yeah. really. We always know it's going to be Iowa. Sadly, we talk about it in this podcast. You know, when, when Iowa plays, that 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 line's always going to be crazy low. Yeah. So, all right, that's it. Another week of the mush. Week ten. Corey Gibson, Adam Gorney, John Garcia Jr. Please follow us on all the platforms. Please like, subscribe, and comment. I'll ask the S uh, the experts uh, your questions, and we will see you guys next week.